What's up, disciples? Welcome back to another episode of the Red Letter Disciple. I'll be joined in a minute with my co-host, Pastor Chris Johnson, and we've got a really awesome interview, fun interview today with Jason and Kathy Bergstrom. I'll tell you about them in just a moment. The mission of this podcast is to challenge everyday disciples to be the greatest disciples they can be. We believe that the world needs to see the great disciples of Jesus that you are. I'm talking about you and to you. And so we hope this podcast challenges you to do just that. Jason and Kathy Bergstrom, they're a husband and wife duo that are growing disciples through the American Ninja Warrior community of all places. Legitimately, like they've opened a gym, they train ninjas. You're going to love them. I kind of wish I was, I just like the word ninja. I wish I was a ninja. So we're going to find out what does it take to be a ninja. How are they walking alongside these ninja warriors and helping them find Jesus? And crazy, they raised nine kids. You thought your life was hectic. So we're going to learn all this and more, how to turn your home into ministry. So many great things. But first, I want to thank our sponsor today, Red Letter Living. One of the things we're really excited about Red Letter Living is when we can help resource pastors and church leaders. And and so check this out. There is a Disciple Making for Churches Masterclass that we are launching today. And so I've been in the discipleship space for more than a decade, and I really want to help pastors and church leaders. And so I'm launching a free three-part video series masterclass where I will break down the key problem of disciple-making in churches today. I'll teach you the most important question to ask when it comes to churches making disciples, the one mistake to avoid, and finally answer some top frequently answered questions, or I should say asked questions when it comes to making disciples at your church. In the end, you'll, by taking part of this free video series, be well on your way to learning how to make greater disciples at your church. And so register today and tell a pastor or a church leader friend or a hundred pastors and church leader friends about it. You can do that. Again, it's free redletterchallenge.com slash masterclass. Before we get to the episode, special announcement today, ladies and gentlemen, is my co-host Chris Johnson's 50th birthday. You're thinking, gosh, that guy's old. He really is. But hey, will you honor Chris today as a birthday present? Will you do something that will honor and help him and our podcast? Will you maybe as a birthday present rate and review our podcast? If you like this, if you want to support what we're doing, give us five stars. And I don't know, in your review, maybe say something nice to Chris as well. Truthfully, I couldn't do it without him and hope his next decade is the best decade yet. So happy birthday, Chris Johnson. All right, team, let's do this. Oh, man, today is going to be a fun one. <laughs> we got... Do it over, do it over. <laughs> take it over, take it. No, we're going to have fun no, take today. Take it over, take it over. We have, Fix it in post. We have a great episode featuring two awesome people, Jason and Kathy Bergstrom. They're a husband and wife duo. That have is, you ever seen American Ninja Warrior? Yes. And that's where you may have seen uh, this duo and some of their family. They are growing the kingdom of God, believe it or not, through American Ninja Warriors. That's right. Jason is an American Ninja Warrior veteran in seasons 9 and 10. He's also tied the world record, I yeah. found out, for We're the number talk of about that. pull-ups in one minute. We're going to talk about that. Which is 59. And so you know, that's you crazy. set a world record one time. I actually did. And I was his coach when he did it. We're not here to talk about that. All right. Jason and Kathy also, get this, have nine kids. Some of them have been on the show and performed quite well. In addition, they own a jungle gym in Florida and are using this sport to bring people to Jesus. So I'm pretty pumped when you you bring this duo on. 
uh, we're going to have a good time. So Jason and Kathy, welcome to the Red Letter Disciple. May literally be the strongest people we've had on the podcast. Oh, no offense to anyone prior. Uh, listen, there's not, even, there's not even a contest. Yeah. So I have an opening question. What's so harder? completing a stage of American Ninja Warrior or raising nine kids? Uh, that would easily go to raising nine kids. <laughs> <laughs> but but I will say both require a strong mental game, mm. a lot of consistency, training, yeah. discipline. I mean, you know, a lot of the principles are transferable mm. between parenting and you know, competing in a general sense. So yeah, here's the difference. You don't need to be, you don't have to have good character or a solid relationship with Jesus to compete on the show. <laughs> with kids, it's, it's all encompassing. I mean, it's, right. it, you, you're, you have to pray, you have to be authentic. You have to live it out. You have to have skill, character, yes, relationship. Yes. And it's, it's all got to come together to, to raise them successfully. So. Yeah. My wife and I always said, we never want to go over two because we're playing man to man. Right. And now you guys are playing zone defense. <laughs> To so like 10th degree. Right. Two to three is the hardest jump because, yeah, you're outnumbered. Yeah. Once you get to four, you get organized. You have a system. Oh, wow. Anything over four, it's just more of the same. So, except uh, what do you drive around in? Do you have like a school bus that you just load everybody up in or what? So what we're actually, we are empty nesters now. So, oh he's got a little two seater convertible and uh, <laughs> I've got an SUV. It's usually just me in there. So, okay. So, I. I well, want to do that. We did have a 12 passenger van at one point in time. Yeah, I was going to say you had to. It, well, we had we we actually had that when we were in youth ministry. So that uh, just kind of lent to, you know, adopting perfect. kids. We and might actually, as well have nine kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Well, and actually, so what's kind of unique too for us is that we adopted teenagers. Wow. Most, yeah, most people don't want to adopt teenagers. We were told that that's the hardest age group for them to adopt out. And we said, we'll take them. That's you so know? cool. That was our ministry beforehand anyway. So it just kind of lent to what we already had going on. And then shortly after we adopted the kids, we got into, um, uh, we used to host French students. So we were French coordinators for a while. So every summer we would have, we called them Frenchies, all these Frenchies for a month. And so we would uh, just schedule all of these activities and we would have like a French American Olympics. They were all intermingled so that we didn't want to create another war or anything, but you know, so we would intermingle them all and uh, the parents were involved. It was just really an awesome time. So we, as we've been in ministry, we try to not diversify too much as far as like anything out of our wheelhouse. We just, we just don't take it on. So anything that lends to the family and what we're already doing, that's not going to be a big stretch for us. Then we'll go ahead and add it in. So, yeah, it's been a wild ride, but, you know, I, I just tell people at, when God's leading the journey, you just don't know what to expect, you know, yeah. it's just crazy. It's amazing. And with, when you have nine kids, like you have a youth ministry already in your family. <laughs> yes. That's the bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Like crushing youth right. ministry numbers. You're two away <laughs> from the football team. <laughs> we, we got a group discount anywhere we went. Yeah. <laughs> so what's it like, cause I know a lot of parents obviously that have become empty nesters, but not many that have had like nine in the home to mm. then zero. Is that, yeah. Uh, a crazy transition? Is it super exciting? <laughs> like, do you never know when one of them's going to pop in at that okay, point? Okay, so I will say this. No, you're right. You never know when one of them's going to pop in, but I've been doing a whole lot of remodeling. Mm. So I've been kind of excited about that, you know? 
yeah. not having kids in the house means that you don't have to worry about broken dishes or I, anything that you're <laughs> any decorations that you're putting up you don't need to worry about them getting messed up or anything so it's yeah it is it's a very different lifestyle but at the same time we've always used our home and opened it up for ministry anyway so we still have a lot of individuals that come and go we just had a nephew that was staying with us for a while while he was doing flight school so i mean i just kind of feel like even though we're empty nesters god's always going to bring people back into our home that's just the way he rolls okay let's let's rewind for a second yeah all right this is a amazing story nine kids so are you any future plans for any more are we going to hit 10 or are we done right now I actually well so actually we have nine that are well we have five adopted four of our own and then we have a malaysian refugee so technically there are there 10 kids. we couldn't adopt our malaysian refugee because he's got family in malaysia but gotcha. when he became a u.s citizen he changed his last name to bergstrom so Aww. yeah and, and, and I mean, that odd number of nine was probably irritating. Speaking of odd numbers, <laughs> I have a question for you, Jason. Um, I was reviewing your notes. I saw that you tied a world record at 59 pull-ups. <laughs> That's pretty remarkable. But does it eat at you that you couldn't do 60? Like, I mean, 60 is the whole number. It'd be one per second. I mean, I'm just wondering. Like, yeah, six, it does eat at me. 60 yeah. is the record. And that's that was my oh, goal. 60 that's is the record. Well, I mean, 60 would be a new record. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Right. That was so my goal. If, I, if I were your coach. Because I've coached middle school football for a long time. This is how I would tell you what, what to do. I say the first 30 seconds, you've got the most energy, right? Clearly. Let's pump out like 40 the first 30 seconds. <laughs> we toast the final and we do 20 at that. What do you? Because that's why he came on this podcast to hear pull up coaching from you. <laughs> Listen, I can do two I mean, or three a minute, so I think I know what I'm talking. I about. think you ought to just be impressed that he did 59 well, just in 60 seconds. <laughs> it's I mean, hard to go past. You, you, you actually have to push down. You have to push yourself down to to increase the speed. To, to get up. To oh that. my goodness. I didn't even think about that. So <laughs> you're throwing yourself down, which adds more pressure. So yeah. by, by the time you're done with this, like, no kidding. I can't even imagine. I'm joking. Of course, I can't even imagine what you must feel like after that. Like, do you not feel your arms for a week <laughs> after you do 59 pull-ups? This is insane. <laughs> it, 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 it's not too bad. Um, it's it's like anything. Bad. You train up. You train up to it. So yeah, yeah imagine so. That's incredible. It is incredible. Uh, before we talk about the Ninja Warrior stuff, because I think it, it probably relates. You, you mentioned that your home has kind of always been a ministry uh, ministry grounds for you. And so, you know, not everybody listening is going to turn their home into a, or their lives into helping Ninja Warriors. But I, I'm curious, like, what were the characteristics or the aspects how, how do you, if you're living in a neighborhood, for instance, open up your home? Is Do you put a sign on the outside that says, <laughs> we are open for ministry? Or like, what? <laughs> no. How do you turn into that? Yeah. No way. <laughs> no, it's, it's all relational. It's yeah. the connections that we have, connections that our kids have. And, you know, when you, when you love people, they bring people that need love to mm. you. Mm. Yeah, and so that's where it comes from. Yeah, uh, the the neighbors, um, the, they've had different thoughts about it. <laughs> we had a neighbor that was <laughs> coming to a Bible study at our house, and the other neighbors asked, like, "Well, we see all these cars. What's going on?" And he told yeah. them, 
He, he's an instigator, but he said, yeah, it's a cult. <laughs> Could have killed him, but. Okay, but hold on. You should preface that by saying he and his wife actually gave their life to Christ through our ministry, oh. but he likes to kind of stir the he's, pot. He's so, yeah, yeah. So oh, sure. Yeah. So neighbors like that. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So. That's great. So, so through relationships and, and you build them over time and it, it, it naturally happens. Are there Absolutely. any other elements that, yeah, made your home the place where people would want to come? The, the biggest thing is love, but then you have to make it a safe place. And so even whether it's raising kids or having youth over or, um, of course, no one's going to hurt you. There's no physical harm. There's no emotional harm. There's no put downs. There's no name calling. There's no yelling. And that's amazing, by the way. (laughs) Like that's in itself. Well, I told the kids uh, God gave us our yelling voices for sporting events or emergencies so unless there's a touchdown or a bear wanders in the house there is no need to yell. <laughs> nice. that's great uh, but then it's also spiritually safe so very conscientious of what uh, entertainment is allowed and being you know with, with the kids just dialed in on restricting internet and and you know who might have access to a cell phone uh, in their room at night and so really um keeping a tight rein on those things to make sure that everything is spiritually uplifting. I mean, that's a full-time job with nine yeah. kids. That's amazing. I actually was offered a pretty lucrative uh, career opportunity before adopting kids. Mm. So, and I gave that up because I knew that that's, I, I struggled with it. Sure, it's, sure. In, it's an interesting story because right at the same time that, uh, uh, that I had this career opportunity was when, um, we were contacted and they said, Hey, we have two sibling groups that we'd like you to look at. And so I wrestled, you know, with trying to figure out how I could balance both, you know, be like super mom. But, uh, finally after some prayer and, uh, you know, reflection on, okay, where's God actually taking me and where am I going to invest myself? You know, that's when I had to make a decision and that's where we went. So, yeah, it's been a wild journey for sure. Yeah. And I think that's amazing too, because I think a lot of us face important decisions and it's like, we've got this opportunity over here and then another opportunity over here. And it's yep. not that anyone is inherently wrong or evil, yep. uh, but, but rather, you know, we, we choose the the one we feel God moving us toward and, yeah. you know, and you can fast forward your life and realize, Oh, whew, I'm really glad we did that and see those things. Oh, absolutely. And so it's well, you just uh, the trajectory of your life is going to change based upon the decisions yeah. that you make. And so, you know, really, I've I've often thought about that because I, you know, we took a, the proverbial road less traveled, but um, it wouldn't have been a sin for me to have gone ahead and taken the, you know, the career opportunity that I had, and I could take my kids along with me um, in doing so. But um, but God had other plans. And it's interesting because if we hadn't adopted all those kids, Ninja Warrior may have never happened for us. Yeah. So Because Ninja Warrior, a lot of people don't understand. It's half your athleticism. The other half is your story. They want a solid story. It's a reality show. So a lot of people don't realize that. And if they did, they would they would see, OK, that, that's why a lot of people don't get on the show is because you might be a great athlete. But if you don't have an interesting story that has that that um, human component, you know, that's going to draw people in to be attracted to you as an individual, then, you know, they'll skip over you because athletes are a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. But having a story on top of that that's compelling 
or that's unique, that's that's what they're looking for. Yeah. So let's press into your story a little bit. I want to kind of back up then and, and uh, talk about how did you get on this path to God's kingdom, uh, growing God's kingdom through the Ninja Warrior community. So what, what, what did that look like at the beginning? Well, I would say, first of all, we were focused on growing God's kingdom through any means. Yeah. So it's it's not like we jumped into Ninja and then like, oh, well, here's how we're going to grow God's kingdom. It's <laughs> starting putting God's kingdom first. And we, you know, whether it was ultimate Frisbee or the kids and I did West coast swing for a while and, um, youth That's quite started. a transition. <laughs> yeah. Rock climbing. Rock climbing. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like what, wherever we are, we're looking for some common interest building. It look, where are the people at, where are we going to build relationships? Yeah. Um, but Ninja started, we, we had moved Kathy's grandmother into our house where she stayed the the last year of her life and she was bedridden. So we got cable for grandma because that was the only thing she could do uh, is watch TV. If you put the remote in her hand, she didn't even have the wherewithal to change the channel on her own. Um, so, so I was actually able to control that, which was nice. <laughs> but, but Kathy and our daughters benefit. Yeah. Would, would schedule her care around cupcake wars and say yes to the dress and uh, iron chef. But Kathy was in there in the middle of the day one time and Ninja warrior came on and we had seen a few YouTube clips. We thought it was cool, but never really got into it. But it was just kind of in that moment that it, uh, it inspired our imagination. And Kathy told me, she said, you and Caleb need to build something in the backyard over the pool. Okay. (laughs) So hold on, hold on though. I gotta, I gotta interject here. Okay. So my son and his friends, would climb on the roof of our house and they would throw the basketball from the roof to okay. the, you know, they, that. So the thing is I had daredevil kids. Uh, you know, so it's kind of like, if you don't get them into extreme sports, how are they going to exercise any, you know, any of that energy? And so that's when, uh, yeah, I told my husband, look, let's, we, you need to build some of this and we should start a meetup. And let's just see where that goes, you know. So that was an easy outlet. When you start a meetup, then people are coming to you to connect. And that's when you not only have something to offer them, but then you can, you have opportunity to share your story. So we would do ninja breakfast parties. So people would bring breakfast food. We'd train for an hour. And then uh, I'd grill pancakes and we'd have fruit and yogurt and cinnamon rolls around the pool. So. I saw that on your package <laughs> that was done for American Ninja Warrior. They're like, <laughs> and they built this in the backyard and then yes. he makes pancakes. <laughs> I'm like, that. <laughs> is cinnamon rolls the proper diet for a Ninja Warrior? Because if so, you I might. We, 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 don't, we don't ask questions. We don't ask questions. <laughs> but it's, you it know, is a diet for building community. That's so right. That that's right. right. <laughs> you burn enough calories doing this. Thing. I like that's it. Right. So if the kids are going to jump off the roof, anyway let's that was a cheat day yeah there you go (laughs) if they're gonna jump off the roof anyway let's build uh something over a pool so then it's a soft fall everything is good florida year-round they can be in the pool all good there um i love the obstacles were over concrete though with the little wrestling (laughs) mat on top yes mattresses Yeah. So yeah, talk, what what did those first obstacles? I mean, are are you guys pretty handy? And did you do things like uh, to spec or yeah? So w- walk me through that a little bit. So yeah, I I uh, even throughout ministry, I was doing I was bivocational. I had a handyman business, so mm. I can build anything out of wood. So yeah, that was that was pretty easy. My boys and I built the course, and um, it we the backyard didn't allow us to build stuff to the same size as the show, but. Um, we, uh, we got, we had to get pretty creative and, um, had, uh, had things that we could adjust. And so, um, we, we changed obstacles every week, kept it fresh and exciting. 
Yeah. I think it's so neat. Like obviously looking back again, like you, you just you look at all the components of what God's given to you, mm. you know, this, this army of, of kids <laughs> that has energy and excitement, uh, this, this athletic prowess, um, that, that is in your family, this handyman, like, and it all kind of comes together, uh, plus this heart for ministry. And it's like, oh, just yeah. so beautiful. And I think sometimes as everyday disciples, we don't often think about the things God has given to us already that we already have in our house, that we already have in our hands, already have in our right. heads of using those things as opposed to like trying to force something that's not really there. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty cool. So, yeah. So, so you, you build these obstacles in the back and yeah, take me from there. What, what happened in, and you have meetups and so you're meeting people and yeah. community. So where does it go from there? Yeah. So the community really started growing and one Saturday, two ladies brought kids and we kind of panicked because we had nothing for kids, but kids started figuring it out. And by the next week I had, I had made a kid's obstacle. Um, I took a, uh, we had a a jacuzzi at our house that was, you know, we were, we were scrapping it, but I had the cover. So I took the cover and I made a frame. So it sat at a 90 degree angle. I painted squares. And so the kids could step on the squares and go through the, the jacuzzi cover without getting hurt. And so that was the first kid's obstacle. And, uh, then I made a little seesaw for them to walk. And we just kept adding uh, obstacles for the kids. And that the kids kind of took over. So yeah, grew from there. Yeah. But when we went to open the gym, um, we, that was our, our volunteer force was these people that had trained in the backyard. And so we had yeah. just we do work days and people would would just show up. People sometimes from the backyard, sometimes people we had never met before would just show up to help us move insulation and scrape up tile and, and horrible jobs, but they would show up and it, it was in the summer. So it was hot and humid. And after 10 minutes, you're already drenched with sweat. And uh, it was, it was tough, but some of these moms from the backyard said, look, I can't, I can't work all day. I've got kids, but I'll provide lunch. And so yeah. they, uh, they provided meals every single time. And so that was our, that, that community was a, a strong base yeah, to help us absolutely. launch into a, I saw that video of you guys working online somewhere. It was like on Venmo where you guys were uh, rehabbing that on video video. and it is so interesting because I saw like there's one video where there's like six people taking that big piece of wood and like (laughs) making it up the ladder and I look at Zach and I said this looks exactly like when we started your church (laughs) but it's really become as you said this golden opportunity for ministry. And you said by vocational, we have a really good friend down in Orlando. He started coffee shops, right? And, and then he started a church off the coffee shops, but this is by far one of the most unique by vocational ministry approaches. It's so cool because God calls us to keep our body as a temple, right? And so you're doing, you're helping people embrace that, but also walking alongside of them and helping them find God. I think this is like really, really cool. Such a good opportunity. Well, so kind of a fun story when we had Ninja in our backyard, as Jason mentioned, that we had all these kids. And so we started doing kids classes once a week (laughs) and we have a side yard as well as a backyard and the side yard, you know, of course is along the thoroughfare. And so we had um, neighbors that were kind enough to call the police on us a couple of times because of parking. Mm. And it's funny because the sheriff would show up and he'd address the parking and then he'd say, so what's going on in your backyard? And then he'd look, he'd look and he'd say, oh, my son would love this. So, oh. when, so 
one of the times that our neighbors called the police on us, the sheriff was already here with his son. <laughs> his son was training in our backyard and the other police officers showed up and even the sheriff wasn't parked properly. <laughs> he, was, he was parked on that neighbor's grass. He was so. parked on it. The neighbor that called the police on us, was, so yeah, good. he was parked on their grass. So anyway, I'm just saying that, you know, we have yeah. some fun stories, but uh, yeah, but it's, but the thing is, the community has been amazing, and except I, for the neighbor. Well, yeah, yeah. I won't say I won't say the neighborhood has been amazing. But the music community sure. has been amazing. Awesome. And yeah, so we've met. Yeah, we've made so many connections through a ninja. And the thing is, you have so many people that are spiritually hungry, and mm-hmm. when you when you isolate yourself in the church setting, you're not reaching those people. And we. You know, so we kind of just recalibrated and decided, you know, we're going to be a little bit more strategic in our outreach versus our inreach. So, so yeah, oh, no, right, now, right now, bivocational is really hot, right? Um, it's an important thing. And we have a lot of pastors who are planning churches. They're trying to figure out, like, where do I go? You know, because a lot of times you'll plan a church, it's a smaller church. And certainly the pastor has is an entrepreneurial type. What, what kind of advice would you give to someone starting out um, who is looking at, and I know you guys didn't do it like this. You probably learned a ton of lessons along the way. Yeah. What kind of advice would you give to, you know, a younger you starting out thinking I'm going to try blank as a bivocational ministry? Like what kind of advice do you have for that type of person? Well, I would say you have to follow your passion and your gifting. Obviously, not everyone should be building a ninja gym. Um, you know, so, like you said, coffee shop. So many people are passionate about coffee. We don't drink coffee. I, I don't want to. I don't want to go to a coffee shop. I, I don't care. And uh, <laughs> I make I make soap out of coffee, but I, I don't. <laughs> but but the other thing is a question like, what would it look like if you made zero money from ministry? Mm. Mm. What what opportunities could you have if the church paid you nothing? Right. And what if you could pursue that type of avenue? Um, because we don't make anything from discipling people. Yeah. Uh, the, inco- the only income we have is from the gym. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, it's just a different dynamic. Well, and we've pretty much been bi- bivocational uh, since day one, since even going into youth ministry. When we first started out, the uh, the church that hired us couldn't pay us. I I yeah. think they paid, they, they offered us a thousand dollars a month for a year and our mortgage was 1200. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, so really we, we've, he's always had to do, um, you know, some sort of work on the side, but you know, that's where it's kind of like when God gives you skills of the hands or whatever, whatever he gives you, then you've got to utilize that. And you gotta, you gotta determine, am I going to utilize this for the purpose of making, a bunch of money, or am I going to utilize what God has given me for the purpose of building his kingdom, which has eternal rewards. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's where we just really had to make a decision about uh, what the direction was that God had for us to be going on versus our, our own. Inclinations, you know? I would also say it's possible that that bivocational piece, that work piece is where your greatest ministry is going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Where are you going to meet more people that are far from God inside the church or at the coffee shop for us at the Ninja Gym, uh, met a lot of people. I was a travel agent for a number of years and all of my coworkers were far from God and had so many great conversations yeah. and relationships built with, with those people. Yeah. 
It's so. good. It's so true. And I, I know that even, you know, in my life as a pastor, it's so easy for me to get surrounded in a Christian bubble without intentionality, yeah. without doing something to break out of my bubble. And, yeah. and that's, uh, I, I can't speak more to what, what you just said. That That's awesome. So in the journey then, you, it was backyard and then it, it turned into a legit jungle gym. Was yeah. American Ninja Warrior before the gym was built or did that come after? So I competed uh, as we were looking for a facility. Okay. So, but we, we had only had the backyard at that point. So talk to me then about, yeah, that, that uh, moment that, you know, you were, I'm sure you, I don't know if you do audition, do you send in tapes? Um, exactly. Like, yeah. You, send you send you in a story. three minute video. Yeah. And if they like your video, you get an invite to be on the okay, show. So I have to tell you, he had only been training in the backyard for nine months before he was on the show. Wow. Yes. Nine months. Wow. So, so you're saying in nine months, I could potentially be on Ninja. Yeah. Well, they just, like I said, they just loved his story. Yeah. And, and so with the video that you have to submit, you have to demonstrate that you can, you have the skills. Like they want to see, that's where you're going. Yeah. They, well, they want to see you jumping around on some of the obstacles. They want to see you can get the warped wall. They want to see you can do the wing nuts or whatever you're doing. Um, But then the, again, like I said, the other half is, do you have a compelling story? And even though he had been only training for nine months, the story was there and they were just hoping you know, that he would clear a few obstacles so they could feature him. So that's where it's when it comes to Ninja Warrior, um, there's there's opportunity there. But then, you know, they also do want to see that you can actually legit clear some things. And I think a lot of like what I'm trying to teach people, too, is that every person in their life is telling a story. Yes. Uh, good, bad or in between. And yeah. and so what were the elements of your story? Was it the nine kids and we opened a gym in the backyard and we're community <laughs> or or what, it was the nine was kids. The, yeah, nine that's nine that's kids. the story they liked. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. You give them a few pieces to bite on, but uh, they're gonna they're gonna grab the angle they like and run with that. So, yeah. if I'm hearing you correctly, if you're pretty good at obstacles and you have no good story, just be fictitious, make something up <laughs> at that point. It's well, yeah. the other if you don't yeah. have a story, you got to have personality. Kids. Yeah. If you have personality, then they like that too. Yeah. So yeah. personality cool. makes a difference. The question in their mind is, are you gonna make good TV? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, ultimately, so me, that's what so they're looking for. Let me just say, this is where kind of Ninja Warrior and a ministry overlap is it's all about trying to help people figure out their story. Like, what is your story? Mm. What is your story in walking with Jesus? And mm. what is your story in a general sense? Like, we all go through hurts and pains. We all have different things that happen in our lives. And it's a matter of how do I feature my story in a way that compels people to care about it? You know, yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. that the same is true when we're when we're outreaching to people, uh, we have a journey that we've made. And if you can't demonstrate where God has made the difference or where we've depended on God, um, had to hear from God, where we actually sacrifice to follow a plan that God gave us versus our own plan, then it's kind of like, well, that, you know, what what would compel me to even want to uh, yeah. make that journey myself? Did they include any of that? Like, you know, a lot on, on secular TV, um, they're not real big on including faith stories. Did they include that on the package about your faith at all? Or a little bit. They, they came to my house to, to our house and they filmed us with the kids and doing obstacles and they, um, Praying they had us. Yeah, they had, there's a one point where I pray over the meal. And so they included that. Okay. Right, so, that's cool. I just didn't know. I didn't well, see that. On the show, on the show there, uh, 
they're not going to feature quite as much, you know, sure, of that. Sure. but I will say this, that I, our family does have that reputation in the ninja community. Yeah. And so that's really what we care about the most is cool. all, all the connections that we have on the ground floor, you know? Gotcha. And so, so while everyone's competing, we are all there and we're all connecting. And I, I'll just say like this last competition that we were in, one of the kids got sick and his mom, who is not religious at all, uh, came up to me and she said, if there was ever a time to pray, please pray mm. for him right now. That's beautiful. And now, and he was able, and he was able to compete. So, and, you know, and he did well, but it's just interesting to me that people that are irreligious, yeah. when stuff goes down, they're, right. they're, they're looking for somebody who they feel like has a connection to God that they don't have. Right. And they're asking for prayer. So that's kind of a cool opportunity. Well, and isn't that the way that it kind of works sometimes, right? Like yeah. okay, nothing else is, I don't know what else to do. So <laughs> let's try this God thing. You know, yep. that's really cool that you were there to be able to do that. So yep. it's been nine months into training, you send it in and they say, yes. Is it like come in six months? And so there's more and more training. What was it like when you finally heard, yeah, we're going to be on the show? <laughs> or yep. is the reaction Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, oh crap. I'm worried that <laughs> we're going to be on national TV and I've only done this for nine months. So I actually, I had a really good sense that they were going to call me. I just, because I felt compelled to submit my video. I just, I, I just had this sense that it was going to come together. Uh, but once they call you, you're filming in about five, six weeks after that. Mm. So, so there's not much more training. It's, no, it's, it's, you're, no. you're on. You're, no, you're, I'm, you're, when I say nine nine months of training, um, the submission video had to be submitted in December. So he got the call in January. He had uh, started. I think I got the call in February or March. Okay, was in well, April. So, but he had started training in June, the summer before, and then was on the show in March or April. Yeah, I, yeah, somewhere around wow. there. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm talking a total training package there of about cool. nine months, maybe wow. ten yeah. months, somewhere around there. All so, right. So tell us what the first experience was like. It was season yeah. nine, right? That you yeah. walked into the show? Yeah. So it was, I thought I would be super nervous um, because in high school sports, I would get nervous to run the two mile, which I mean, you're just doing eight laps in an oval. Right. <laughs> no, you, you know what time you're going to get within a, probably a few seconds quicker than last right. week, but my stomach would be a nuts. And so I thought I would be nervous. I actually felt phenomenal i felt great mm. and then just going up in front of the camera here's what i had where's what i had in my mind is that i i thought about everyone that was there to support me about kathy and the kids who had driven out my um my sister and brother-in-law and niece and nephew and friends and just everyone in the stands and i just thought you know what if i trip off the start line and fall in the water before touching an obstacle they're gonna love me they're gonna you know, say, oh, we're so proud of you. If I hit a buzzer, they're going to love me and they're going to say they're proud of me. And so uh, I, I knew I had that love and support regardless of how I did. And nobody in the stands knew who I was. I had nothing to lose. And so um, not nervous at all. I, mean, only That's not, I can't say that about the second year. But. <laughs> I mean, no, everybody in the stands and two million people watching you. And cameras like crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you just flub it, they probably just scrap that footage. So yeah, it's true. That's true. That, yeah. So how was the uh, early on in my career? I did stuff with television, um, and I just like when you're that that set is massive. The one, oh, yeah. you, the one you were at, uh, I believe you were in Daytona, right? Yes. Like inside the, um, the stadium, right? It, it was in the parking lot. Okay. In the parking lot. But that, yeah. like, I can't even imagine how long 
that set takes to build. It's it's insane. And yeah. then they film it at night. Like, what time yep. did you run that? Four in the morning. Four in the oh, morning. Wow. <laughs> they film from, from sundown to sunup. So pretty oh much goodness. all of my kids and yeah. my husband have filmed four or like, five in the morning. So you, you so what time are you at the set? At I did check in at nine p.m. Oh wow! So this is like you're overnight, and all the people in the stands there they're not sleeping. Yeah. And so you exactly. check in at nine o'clock, and then what are you doing from nine p.m. to four a.m.? You rest. Uh, yeah. I brought a pot and a sleeping bag, but there's so much adrenaline. Well, he's hard, resting. It's hard he's resting. Because the rest of us are there. <laughs> because <laughs> there's insane. so much adrenaline and excitement, and you you rest, but then your friend is on the course, so you want to watch, watch them. them. Yeah. Or you, someone who you feel like you can learn from how they did an obstacle, and you want to get that in your mind. Okay, if they swung with the left, reached un backwards with the right, to, you, you want to mimic those things that sure. you feel that you can accomplish. Yeah. So, and so do you only, you legit only get one shot. There's no practice. It's one you, shot. If you touch the obstacles before your turn, you're disqualified. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I always wondered that. Like, do they give them one like run through? No, nothing. no, no, nothing. No. Wow. They, they have testers. So it's interesting because our son was able to be a tester, our son, Caleb, oh, yeah. and he's done really well on the show. He was, he and our daughter, Caitlin, were the first brother sister duo to make it to city finals, make it to Vegas. So that was a big deal yeah. um, in 2019. And, um, you know, so, and our, and our adopted son, Danny also rookie that made it to Vegas his first year. So, but he actually got bumped. So it started raining. If it starts raining and it's too much, then they, anybody, he was supposed to run, I think it was five in the morning, six, six in the yeah. morning. Yeah. I don't know. The time is <laughs> once, once it's that late. You don't even think about it. He got bumped from Vegas or bumped from the, no, he, got, was, he, he and I were competed together in Miami. They uh, wanted that father son duo. So I ran at six in the morning and he was about five runners later, but it started pouring. So they took the last three runners which included Danny and they said, you can't compete here but you can compete in any of our other cities. So mm -hmm. we traveled to Minnesota. for Yeah. To but you know, uh, so what was, what was really good about that though, is the Miami course did not lend to Danny's strengths anyway. Oh, wow. So when he got bumped and we decided to go to Minnesota because Jason has a lot of family there. I do have some family there. And so he was still able to have a whole audience. We had a lot of family members that came out and, uh, and he did amazing on the course and it lent to his strengths. So, awesome. you know, I mean, sometimes when things happen, you don't understand why, but, uh, you know, if God is in the mix, then, you know, he's got a purpose in it. And for, for this, I don't, I don't think that Danny would have made it to Vegas if he had to run that Miami course. Mm -hmm. It was, it was just for him. He's a bigger kid and, uh, and he just dominated in Miami yeah. or in, in Minnesota, which was such a different course set up. So, you know, I mean, that's, what's been fun though, too, is just seeing God in the mix in all of yeah. this. And after, um, Jason's first comp, uh, down in Miami, um, we met a number of people there that are in the ninja community and there are competitions all over the place. I don't think that people realize how big ninja is. There are leagues. And, um, so we met a few individuals that ended up going to a comp with us and the whole drive, um, we were able to, you know, share the gospel with them. And we had a lot of biblical conversation, spiritual conversation. One was a, a kid that uh, is Jewish 
And so, you know, he comes from that backdrop. So we were kind of talking about Old Testament, New Testament, you know, and another guy was, what was he, an atheist? Yeah, or, atheist. yeah he atheist. grew up in the church. And so atheist. he, yeah, grew up in the church. So um, you just never know, like, where some of this stuff That's is going to lead. But if you're intentional about making it lead in a certain direction that is, you know, God's direction, then you're going to have more purpose in everything that you're doing. Sure. Right. And so I, I think that's such a big piece of a lot of our lives, that momentary setback that we're like, ah, oh, disappointed about in the moment. But then we see actually God had a better plan for your son, Danny, and it's going to be yep. to run here and it's going to yep. propel you further. Uh, I think that all of us have that. So uh, you did very well and passed quite a bit of the stages. I've watched enough Ninja Warrior to know, though, that far more fail <laughs> than succeed. Uh, <laughs> hardly anybody makes it to the end to hit that buzzer. And so right. talk to me about failure and the life of a disciple. So like, what, what can you learn from failure? I think you learn the most from failure. Right? The, the saying is that God will not give you more than you can handle. And I don't know who came up with that lie, but you never see that in scripture. I think God always gives you more than you can handle. So mm -hmm. you you learn dependency on him. I mean, the truth is God will never give you more than he can handle. But Amen. throughout our life, God initially, like the first part of our journey, when we were first married, we were poor. And as a as a husband, as a father, not be not making enough money to pay for electricity and groceries and rent and having to pray, having to depend on God and God, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to, how we're going to make ends meet. I don't know how I'm going to provide for my family. That was definitely more than I could handle, but I had to, we had to come to the end of ourselves so many yeah. times for God to step in and say, well, but this problem's not bigger than me. Yeah. And so we had to learn that dependence on, on God. And, and, you know, for, for a lot of the athletes, they're, they're not believers. They are learning dependence on each other. They're learning dependence on their coaches, but we're always trying to point that to God. And we, we, you know, they, they come to us for prayer. We have this little Indian kid who trains in the gym and uh, they, they were at a, a, a competition and he sought out our daughter for prayer before his first stage. And he did really well. Second stage, she was busy running her course or coaching another student and he didn't do as well. And so he said, it's because she didn't pray for me. And so it's <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Though. Well, and he's Indian. So they they're like they're his, big time Hindu. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. His family, they have a shrine in their house. They actually have a, like an area sectioned off, but they have a variety of deities in there. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so it's kind of like, oh, which God is going to benefit right, me right, right. and which area. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just interesting. Again, like I said, the conversations that we have, but as far as failure goes um, in 2020, our son, Caleb, who became, you know, of course, like I said, in 2019, he and his sister were the first brother sister duo to make it to Vegas, but he was also the first person uh, the youngest person to ever make the warped wall. So the, the mega wall. The mega wall. Sorry. The mega wall. The mega wall is 18 feet. You get 10 grand if you make it. Whoa. And so, yeah. So, I mean, so that's like a nice little perk too. Um, but anyway, so he had a reputation in the ninja community as not only being an amazing coach, but an amazing athlete. And in 2020, he was going for time. So he was going really fast on this course and he was doing amazing. And he hit, of all things, monkey bars and he fell on the monkey bars. Ugh. So you can imagine how we were just all like, oh, you know, devastated. Oh, yeah. yeah, everybody was speechless. You could hear the gasp. Oh, and then, of course, for him in that moment, he was pretty devastated too. 
And, you know, I think the thing is when we have failure, we got to take a moment to, you know, process that ourselves. But it's what is your character after that? How do you handle it after that? And um, and so many parents in our gym with how Caleb handled it, um, really, it, it, it affected their kids in such a positive way because the kids are always afraid of failing. The kids are always, you know, they're intimidated by the course and a lot of them only make it so far. And so to see their coach, their mentor, for some of them, their idol, you know, they idolize Caleb to see him fall on such a basic move. Um, And then how he processed it, handled it and, and talked to them about, you know, you, you just get back up and you, you go again and you don't let it, like I said, you got to have, a good mental game and he really does. And so he doesn't, he tries not to let it get in his head. You know, he really tries to just deflect it and give it to God. And, you know, he doesn't always know the purpose. We don't always know the purpose in failure, but God knows the purpose in failure and who it impacts sometimes is more important. Like it's bigger than us. And I think that sometimes when we're so small minded and our, our bubble is just us, then everything that impacts us, we think is just for us. When in reality, it's like, no, no, no. Sometimes I, sometimes I delay your prayers even because it's not just you that your prayers are going to impact. It's also going to be this person and this person and this person. We don't know what God's orchestrating behind the scenes. And so for Caleb to have that loss, that failure, um, it really, like so many people were positively impacted by that. Yeah. You told, uh, you told a story there with the Indian child who wanted the prayer and they, they had the, um, altar set up. That just reminded me, I just was talking about this act 17 when Paul comes in and he says, men of Athens, I see you are very religious people yeah. and, because they have all the different deities set up and they were so afraid of offending God that they had the one, you know, statue. And it says to the unknown God. Yes. And he's like, let me tell you about this unknown, yes. God, you know, yes. like, that just reminds me, it, you guys were in the perfect place, the perfect yeah. time where God really worked through your daughter there to be able to encourage. And, yeah. and, and that little seed, that mustard seed right there, that was beautiful. Like now he's going to be actively looking for your daughter the next time he tries to go. <laughs> yeah, up he does. Yeah, yeah. He does. Yeah. He does. That's, that's beautiful. It's yeah. good. I think, you know, I've, I've also with your son, Caleb, I've, I've heard the phrase before, you know, that people will celebrate you for your strengths, but resonate with you and your weaknesses. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think that that's what's happening is, you know, none of the obstacles, by the way, look easy from my point of view, but I, yeah. the monkey bars are one of the easier ones from, from what I see and hear yeah. and to have them fail at that. Yeah. up to a lot of really great conversations with you. That's why I'd love to press into that a little bit more because from the research and just in my own anecdotal, uh, you know, life and evidence that I see, it feels that the younger generations have an even more unhealthy fear of failure. Absolutely. Um, is that something you see and, uh, how do you help them overcome that? If, if so, you know, I would, I've, what we see actually is a lot of the adults coming in have a, a fear of failure. Oh, and it's because it, to, well, to be successful as a ninja, you need to be invincible. Mm. Like we all were when we were 15 years old, mm-hmm. right? I'll cross the street on my bicycle blindfolded because what's going to happen to me? I'll jump off the roof. Yeah. And so if our sport attracts the people you know, we have parents coming in all the time saying, my kid's climbing everything. They're on top of the fridge. They're jumping off stuff. So 
here, you know, they need to come here. <laughs> and so that's, that's who we attract. So we attract some of the daredevils and they're not afraid to just go after it, mm. but we pull in their parents and here, try it. Mm, nope. Nope. They, they don't want to put themselves out there because yeah. they might be embarrassed. They might be in class with people that are better than them. And, and some of these kids, they just, they don't care if someone's better than them. They want to get out there and, and be a part of who they want to be among the best and they want to try the hardest stuff. Um, so maybe it's, we just attract <laughs> the crazy ones, but um, we see that the older you get kind of the more you have to lose. If a kid breaks his ankle, he doesn't care. We, yeah. we have a kid that's in a cast right now. It's not slowing him down at all <laughs> on his ankle. He's, he's out running around doing everything, loving the attention, loving the cast. Um, but for a parent, well, now I'm going to miss work. Now I'm going to, um, I'm not going to be able to drive you around. And there, there's just so much that we have to lose. You know, yeah. you think of, um, but that's more of a fear of injury. I think I, so I'll just, I'll give the flip side. I've had a lot of experience with, um, interacting with some of these kids after they get off the course and they're such amazing athletes. They've done so great in so many competitions. And I don't know if there's like a fear of failure for them more as such a devastating disappointment mm. when they fail that they just don't even know how to wrap their minds around it. Mm. And I just, even when we went to the competition um, this last week in Vegas, I had to have a conversation uh, with the young, well, I didn't have to have it, but, um, you know, I just care about these kids. And yeah. he was, he was really, you could tell he could, he was having a hard time getting out of his headspace, you know? And so I just talked to him and I said, look, you know what? Your identity has to be bigger than this sport. That's good. If you don't, if you don't have a bigger purpose in your life, if there's not more that you have going on and who you are, then, then you're, you're never going to be able to get out of that negative headspace because everything is going to be dependent upon your performance. And we don't always perform to perfection, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that the biggest thing is, is for a lot of these young people, because they think they're invincible, they do so well in competitions when they do fail, they don't even know how to process it, you yeah. know? And, and two, I think the younger generation is so used to being coddled and getting what they want that, you know, when they don't and when they don't perform and they can't blame anybody but themselves, it's it's really hard for them to move beyond that. And of course, I'm not referring to Christian kids, but then there are some Christian kids also in that space that, that struggle in the same way. You know, they don't know how to process that failure. And so that's where that's where you do need to reemphasize that. Look, you know what? I mean, God created us for a purpose. And the, and if he's given you athleticism, then that's amazing. I just, one of the biggest quotes that I love that I share oftentimes is Eric Little. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Chariots of Fire, mm-hmm. but Eric Little, okay, so he was a missionary, but he also was a runner. And he had to sacrifice quite a bit in his running career and because they wanted to run him on Sundays and he had a conviction not to. But one of the things that he said is, God made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Love it. You know, and I, and I often think about that, like the very thing that God like hardwired you to do when you're doing that, mm-hmm. like, it's almost like God is smiling down on you and saying, yep, that's my son or yep, that's my daughter, you know? And so the outcome doesn't matter. It's, it's kind of like God is always watching in the same way we as parents are watching. And it's like, I just love to see my son go. I just love to see my daughter go. And if, of course, if they fall or they fail, like, you know, you're, you're, Ooh, but mm-hmm but how they handle it after the fact and how they bring 
in particular for God, glory and honor to him, yeah, in yeah. spite of the fact that the outcome was not what they anticipated, that's that's where their true self is revealed. Beautiful. Yeah. I, go ahead. Uh, we had uh, 12 athletes from the gym compete on the show this season. And before wow. they, they went to L.A. for their initial uh, qualifiers, we had them all over for Make Your Own Pizza Night. And after they were done eating pizza, we gathered them in the living room. And I said, OK, here's the scenario. You're you're competing on the show, but but it's all it's a show, but it's a it's a competition, but it's also a platform. So here's the scenario. You have a microphone to the entire world for one minute. <laughs> what do you say? Mm. What is that thing that's so deep in you that if you only have one minute to share and you, you, you have this wide audience, what do you need to share? And so they said, oh, you're putting us you're putting us on the spot. I said, that's exactly right. But you got it because I want we want them to understand that running a ninja course doesn't define you. It, 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 there has to be something deeper than just completing obstacles yeah. for us. Ninja is a vehicle to to building character, to helping people become who they're supposed to be, to creating community. Ninja can come and go. It's it's yeah. not the end all and be all. And we, we tell our kids, uh, our, our, our students all the time, like this isn't the coolest thing you're ever going to do in your life. It's not the pinnacle of your life. You're seven. Like you're gonna get married. You're gonna start a business. You're gonna have kids, grandkids. You're gonna you're gonna accomplish things. And so we want this to be part of the shaping process to get you there. But but what is your message? So if you fall on the course, you you still have a message. You still have something that's bigger yeah. than yeah. you that you should be driving for. Whether or not you can do yeah. quintuple steps or wing nuts yeah. or salmon ladder, like. What's what's bigger than that? That's inside of. You. Yeah, you don't want to be that uncle on Napoleon Dynamite that's just filming himself throwing the football over and over oh, again. All over them, their mountains. Oh, that guy. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Living his glory days. Uncle Rico, baby. There you go, Come Uncle on. Rico. Yeah. I, I think that's so critical that we point, and and you guys uh, said it so well that we point people back to identity because that's really where I think. Uh, kids and adults are getting crushed today yep. is when they make yep. this life about something that this life's not about. So life's not yeah, about exactly. ninja, mm -hmm. but yeah. ninja's an awesome vehicle and tool for us at the root of yeah. it. I'm a child of God and whether I mm -hmm. fail or succeed, like to him be the glory. Right. So yeah. I think that's, that's so beautiful. One last question, just about the ninja, you know, that particular, I just, in my own life, when I've done hard things, <laughs> whether it's like mission trips or even physical hard things, and you're literally sweating with these people, like it feels like discipleship or relationship can almost speed up a little bit. Is that like, do you experience that? Like, is there something to just like working hard and working out that, that brings something that going to coffee, which you and the uh, you two and I would never do because we're not coffee drinkers, but most people would. Is there something that comes together quicker because you're doing something hard? Yeah. Well, they say women bond face to face and men bond side by side. Mm. And yeah, it's it's when you're when you're working towards a goal together. Ninja is a unique sport in that it's very encouraging, very community based. Where like oftentimes there's a side-by-side -side run, which is something they've brought into the, uh, as an element this season. And so you'll see someone finish ahead of their opponent. And what do they do? They turn around and they cheer on their opponent mm -hmm. and, and cheer them into the finish. And they're excited when their opponent hits a buzzer, or you'll have people actually coaching their opponent on a course, a, on a local gym and carrying a chalk bag. And so there's that, it, it it's a sport that naturally pulls people together, but but all sports do. If you think about 
like th- back through to your, your best friends, your tightest friends. It's, Hey, we played football together. We, you know, we, we work towards a goal together. You think of people that were in the military and th- this, they formed this band of brothers because they were in the fight together. And for the rest of their life, even till they're, they're, they pass away they're They still are tight with their band of brothers because there's just something about adversity and, and working together that, that pulls you together. So good. Awesome. Well, we ask every guest this question. um, And so I'd love to ask you at the the root of this podcast, our mission is to challenge people to be greater disciples, no matter where they are in their everyday lives. And so if you could issue a challenge to our audience um, this week, something practically that they can do, what, what would you guys say? I don't know if it's the same thing. Why don't you go first? <laughs> so one of the things that I've I've always emphasized with both my kids and even uh, our young people in ministry is never let a compliment go unstated. That wherever you're at, you can find something something to compliment about somebody, and that to just that, that's always a conversation starter. But it's always something that that you add value to somebody else's life by doing, even if it's in the grocery store or anywhere you're at. And actually, it's interesting because I had already thought about this, uh, you know, this just what I was going to share as far as, okay, how would I challenge? But then I listened to a Craig Rochelle podcast this morning and he brought up, um, Jesus and the 10 lepers. And he, he talked about, you know, how only one came back and was grateful. And then, but then he said this, he said, so be that one. And, you know, and I thought, you know, that's exactly that's exactly where where my perspective is. Like, be that one, be that one that that when you're when you're in the grocery store, you're going through the drive through or wherever you're at, be that one to be grateful, because a lot of these people, they don't get any gratitude. And that's that's where you open up the door for relationships is just by caring about somebody. And again, like I said, never letting a compliment go unstated. I've made so many relationships just by, uh, of course, complimenting someone's hair or whatever, but it looks good on them. I would never wear it. But it looks good on them, you know. So, but but that's the thing is that you know that's uniquely them in this moment. So find something that positive that you can say to somebody. It's good, like that coat for Chris. I would never wear it, but I mean, (laughs) come on. But but it fits his personality. (laughs) Very good. He doesn't tell tell you that I am legally contracted to have to wear this. (laughs) That's hilarious. But you know what? So I will say this: there are some people that just like. Um, palm plants in their house and there are other people that like vibrant, bright plants, right, you right. know, so we all have these, yeah. these different personalities. Yeah. And I think that we all just need to appreciate more the diversity of what each of us bring to the table. Yes, he's a, he's a boring fern and I'm a fantastic <laughs> type of I get you. it. Thank I, think, you. I think that's what she meant. That's what she meant. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. Yeah. Anyway, okay, Jason, what you got? So I would say, uh, Take a step of faith uh, take, uh, that's out of your comfort zone. Something that's a little bit scary. Um, I, for years, I prayed for boldness. God, help, give me boldness to to share with a stranger. And and I learned that for me, boldness never came through praying for it, but through actually doing things that required boldness. It, like a muscle, you know. God, give me give me big arms, you know. But you don't get that till you go to the gym. Yeah. And so just sharing with people, I have. Uh, young guy Nikolai that that I disciple and he um he contacted me the other day said I'm so burdened to to share with people but I'm afraid so I'm like okay so I picked him up and went to the park and he thought I was going to give him some verses on boldness but I said we're gonna we're gonna pray for it we're gonna go talk to a stranger 
and what so we met this guy talked to him uh, offered to he didn't he didn't want prayer but we had a great conversation with him and and um from then on you know he's he's been getting after it and so yeah just take that step outside of your comfort zone because uh that's where faith is necessary and that's that's where we uh when when you're in somewhere that's greater than yourself uh you figure out hey god's given me more than i can handle but not more than he can handle Love it. All right. We got listeners two for the price of one challenges this week. So if you, if you don't leave a compliment unstated or if, Mm -hmm. and, or if you take that bold step of faith outside of your comfort zone, let us know hashtag red letter disciple. We want to be praying alongside of you for that and love to see what God is doing. So what I learned is that for the next nine months, I need to be working on my story, eating cinnamon rolls in the morning, making my own pizza at night. <laughs> I might get on the Ninja Warrior. And, Chris, you'll, how prob- do you end this? and you'll probably finish uh, by doing 58, 59 pull-ups yeah, in a, there you in go. a minute. Absolutely. That's All right. right. I, I, cinnamon I, rolls. They're cinnamon <laughs> rolls, baby. That energy. <laughs> so every end of every podcast, our uh, crew put together a custom game designed for our friends and so we have designed a game specifically for the two of you oh wow and it's from the men's health magazine they have listed the 10 hardest workouts ever recorded and (laughs) so what i want to do is i'm going to put the two workouts two of the 10 workouts together and then i'm going to ask you which one each of you would have to pick if you had to pick one of these workouts, which one would you do? Okay. Does that sound okay? All right. All right. Let's see. Here we go. Uh, Number 10, they said 45 minutes of constant jumping jacks. Oh, 45 minutes. (laughs) Number nine. So it's 45 minutes of constant jumping jacks, no pauses versus a one mile. 200 pound sled push so you know like the football sled you're putting oh, yeah. a 200 pound football sled for one mile around a track now we'll adjust for weight because obviously you know you're not 200 pounds but i'm saying if you have yeah, i appreciate those, that adjustment yeah, well like 125 for you okay um, <laughs> would you rather do 45 minutes of jumping jacks or a one mile sled push I'm a stamina guy. I would do the jumping jacks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what do you think? I would definitely do the sled push. <laughs> Kathy's any, doing any, it over. I'm just going to say any woman listening that's mm-hmm. had a number of kids knows you do not do jumping jacks for 45 minutes. <laughs> no, okay. no, that's fair. That's fair. Not, not without a bathroom break. No way. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I, listen, maybe that's you're, why you're I, guy. I understand. You're not going to feel my pain. No, that's maybe why it's in men's health and not women's health. That's all. <laughs> yes. I'm going to say, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Swim a mile with your right hand only. Swim a mile with your right hand only, but you can only swim the mile in clockwise fashion. Oh, so wait a second. Let me think. Oh, wait. Is that how it would be? Yeah, that's how it would the be. Backstroke. Right? Oh, my goodness. That's tough. Wait, is that the backstroke? Yeah, no, I'm trying to think clockwise. clockwise. So clockwise okay. would be like this, right? Okay. Yep, yeah. yep. So it's that a backstroke, it. one mile. Right hand Right only. hand only. Okay. So you just be doing circles the whole time, probably. I guess you can kick. Um, Or check this one out. Number three hardest workout. Perform 100 push-ups, and immediately when you get done, do 99 push-ups. Immediately when you're done, do 98, 97, all the way to zero. Oh, my word. 
Yeah. Uh, both are killer. Yeah. I'm going to take the backstroke on this Backstroke, one. okay. Take the backstroke. Well, I'm not a great swimmer. Uh, swimming a mile with two hands is tough. But I, yeah, the, the push-ups, that's, that's brutal. Yeah, uh, that is brutal, I, I to, right? I have to go with swimming. He's okay. the pull-up guy, not the right. push-up guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, notice I'm not giving you pull-ups. <laughs> All right. All right, last one, last one. Step into the ring with a pro MMA fighter. If you lose, you must run a full marathon. <laughs> oh, ouch. Jeez. <laughs> no wonder this is Penn's Magazine. Women would not even <laughs> so come up with ridiculous. this. This is so There's ridiculous. No way. <laughs> what is, you know what a farmer's walk is? Do you know yeah, what yeah, carry is? Yeah, farmer's carry. Yeah. Like you're just carrying it at your waist? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So one quarter mile farmer's walk with 125 pound dumbbells. If you drop the waist, you got to do 25 burpees as a penalty. Mm. Oh yeah. And wait, Vers and versus step in the ring with the MMA fighter. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I I do the farmers carry. I do the farmers carry. Would you do the MMA fight, Zach? No. No. I'm okay. A, I'm, a, right. I'm a lover, not a lover, not a fighter. Okay. Those are the correct answers. There you, you go. Guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. hey, uh, Jason. I like my brain intact. You know. What yeah. I'm for real. <laughs> I, I hear you. Jason and Kathy, if people want to connect more or find out about what you guys are doing, where, where's the best place these days? Uh, probably a good connection point would be Instagram. Uh, I'm Berkstrom.dad. She's Berkstrom.mom. There you go. That makes sense. Awesome. <laughs> and then, of well, course, we have the Berkstrom Bunch podcast. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And there's a bunch of Berkstroms. Yeah. So it's, there uh, are a bunch of Berkstroms. So fun fact, I'm just going to tell you. Actually, I'm getting together this Friday with a gal who listened to one of our podcasts on raising kids. And she's got a 12-year-old that uh, she's single mom. Uh, lives in Tampa. And so she contacted me actually back in March. So it's been a, a long journey for us with Ninja. But anyway, I'm getting together with her uh, this Friday, you know, because she needs some advice and stuff. So you just never know yeah. what what God's going to open up when you when you open yourself up to new adventures and, yeah. you know, experiences and move into other spaces. So yeah, I mean, it's just so cool. yeah, it's been kind of cool. Yeah, it has been cool. Very cool. Jason and Kathy, you guys are an inspiration and I hope get people's minds spinning about how God can use them in their everyday yeah. life. And so thanks so much for doing what you're doing and yeah, wish thanks you, for having us wish on you all the blessings with yeah. Ninja Warrior and uh, yeah. my family will be watching now with a little bit Definitely. Uh, more keen eyes. On we know them. Guys, we know so. them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. You'll see us cheering uh, loudly for our kids. So yeah. that's how it's cool. So Jason, are you not competing anymore? Or so I competed two seasons. After that, I submitted three more times with no callback. So we'll see. I may be back at it. Um, I, I train. Uh, I'd love to be back on the show, but yeah. that's out of my hands. So yeah, there you go. we have four Bergstroms on the show now. So we have too many Bergstroms. That's why I'm telling you, they keep putting pressure on me a little bit because they want a new Bergstrom face. Then you parlay and say, what about husband and wife? Come yeah, on. That's oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, blessings, Bergstroms. And uh, thanks so much for being a part of the Red Letter Disciple. All right. Thank, thank you. Well, I told you, we're going to learn a lot. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you have what it takes to be a ninja warrior? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I'll be eating cinnamon rolls and making my own pizzas all the time. Uh, we had a great time today with with the Bergstroms, and I want to thank them for coming on to the show. And and again, Chris Johnson, his 50th birthday today. Uh, he wanted me to tell you his Venmo account, but I told him not going to happen. So the way you can help 
us and him is rate and review our podcast. That would be really meaningful to us. It's also if you subscribe or follow on your favorite platform, how you're never going to miss a future episode. And I'm telling you, you will not want to miss next week's. Uh, Every season, we have a story or two that just is challenging, inspiring, and jaw-dropping. And next week is one of those stories. Happy to bring Davey Blackburn, a new friend, onto the podcast. Davey was a pastor raising a young family when out of nowhere, when he returned from a workout at the gym, sadly found his pregnant wife murdered. He's going to tell us the incredible story and how he has turned this awful tragedy and pain into purpose for his life. He now leads the Nothing is Wasted Ministries, the Nothing is Wasted podcast, and I can't wait for you to hear his story and how he's helping other people take their stories back. That's coming up next week. So again, subscribe, follow, rate, review, and we'll see you back next week for another episode of Red Letter Disciple. A Huda Media Production.